Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the U.S. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Ya lo hace. Pierna derecha. Directo al arco. Golazo. The world of football with a soccer perspective. This is Soccer Today with Dwayne Rollins and Kevin Laramie, live on the Sports Podcasting Network. Good day, good night, and welcome to Soccer Today. Hey, yo. Before we get started, Dwayne, I have a little survey for you. And I want to talk about how, how many of you are here to talk about the Premier League. And, and how many of you are here to talk about Major League Soccer. Survey says one more for the good guys. Now, moving on. That's a little weird intro you're going to say, Dwayne, and I believe you. But, you know, a little shout out to uh, a fixture of my childhood, the man himself, toothpick throwing, Razor Ramon, Scott Hall. Has left the building yesterday. A little shout out to start the show. We we talk about wrestling a lot on this show, and I I don't. That's when I checked out of wrestling is about that era. So you know, obviously it was affecting a lot of people. So so we wish them well and hope everyone's uh, you know remembering the good times when it comes to this this gentleman who I don't remember professionally, but uh, always sad when you hear uh, someone who mattered yeah. people, especially the way it happened because he went for a hip replacement and then. There was complications that led to heart attacks, and then did the conversation we're having. But Scott Hall, fixture of a lot of us, and I know there's a lot of the Venn diagram of wrestling, of lapsed wrestling fans, because of course I stopped following this a few years ago. But of wrestling fans and soccer fans, there's a pretty big intersection of the two Venn diagrams. And today we have a little thought to Scott Hall as we start. Our Tuesday edition of Soccer Today, because Tuesdays are for Europe. Cue the techno. Here we go. Dwayne, today we're going to talk about relegation. We're going to go through the top five leagues in Europe and look at the relegation battle. Some very interesting names in battle contention. We're going to talk about that from the Premier League, the Liga, La Liga, Bundesliga, Serie A also, and looking at the different battles and the possibilities of seeing maybe popular teams going down. And we can start with the most followed league in the entire world, the Premier League Wayne. Three teams are in the relegation zone as we speak. That's Watford. They are 18th right now with 22 points. Burnley is 19th with 21 points. And Norwich is 20th with 17 points. 
their last five matches is five straight losses for the Canaries, I think we can safely assume that the Canaries are going exactly the way of their real-life counterparts, and they're going extinct in the Premier League later this year. <laughs> Save the Canaries. That's sad. Uh, the, the birds. I mean, the, the football team can work itself out. Uh, yeah, no, they, they lost to Leeds this week. Jesse Marsh's first win. It was a very, like, a tough one, too, because they came back to get a point late, uh, you thought, and then suddenly it got turned around their head almost immediately after. So that was a real tough one to go down. And anyone who's watched Norwich over the last little while, um, Mm, yeah, they're minus forty-five on the goal differentials. So I mean that that's that's pretty. <laughs> Say what? Yeah, I mean the next no, no, no. Versus... Mi- minus forty-five. Okay, the closest other team in the Premier League is Leeds United at minus thirty-four, and then there's another gap, and it's minus twenty-six, which is Watford and Burnley is nineteenth. Yes, but they're only minus sixteen. That's a the the best of the worst, I guess, in differential. So. Minus 45. Wow. I don't know if that's a record, but that's definitely impressive. Yeah. Look, a lot of people, I remember talking about Norwich two years ago. And at the time, the messaging out of there was that they had a plan and they weren't worried that they were, that they seemed destined to go down, which of course they did at the time because they were going to use the parachute payments to sort of invest back smartly at a level that they can control. So eventually one of these times when they yo-yoed, they'd stick. Uh, they'd sort of pull at Burnley, which we're going to talk about in a second year, too. But it really that plan hasn't worked at all because they haven't done anything this year to to suggest that they're anywhere close to it. And in fact, you look at the team that is at the top of the of the championship. We're not talking about the championship today. Maybe we'll do that in a couple of weeks. But uh, Fulham is running away with that thing down there. And that's you know, they seem to be doing a similar kind of thing. And we're wondering whether there's got to those teams are just going to shuffle between each other for a few years because it kind of seems like that at this point. <laughs> you got to do that. The parachute shuffle. Yeah. Uh, Burnley, uh, quickly, if you do notice, the one thing we should mention, Burnley, if you're not noticing on the screens there, if you it's pot only today, so you're not, uh, it's, there are two games in hand uh, with a few teams. So that that's going to be the challenge there, although Everton has a game in hand at exactly. that. So it, it, it really gets tight in there. You know, I think, I don't think Leeds is out of the woods yet, but that was a huge win for them to get three points against Norwich. I think Bradford, with their win on the weekend, probably has pulled themselves just yeah. safe enough. And Newcastle, I think, is clearly yeah. no longer going to be in that. In fact, they're probably looking up the table exactly. at this point. Well, to me, um, I just want to see Newcastle. Of course, in their last five games, there are three wins, one loss, and one draw. And they're going to have more wins and draws until the end of the season. Their roster is a lot better now than it was just a few weeks ago. So I am expecting Newcastle to trend up. Brighton might be trending down, unfortunately. But like you mentioned, Brentford, Everton, even though Everton has games in hand. So something's got to give. Leeds is not out of the woods. So it's Leeds, it's Brentford. Something's got to give. And Burnley might have a key out of the relegation zone, which would leave Everton exposed. But they have games in hand. So yes, the Bees or Leeds could be in the weeds. Yeah, for sure. I mean, Leeds, to me, I, I pegged them to, I think I picked them 17th in my preseason predictions. I, I did anticipate that they would struggle this year because it is hard to emulate what they were doing for multiple seasons in the Premier League, and that proved to be true. Um, now that Jesse Marsh is in there and has turned things around a little bit with a win actually, after a couple losses, then then maybe they can keep going. I don't think they're out of it yet. But the real, real big story down there 
with all due respect to Norwich, Burnley, Watford, or Leeds, none, no one would have been shocked at the start of the year if those folks were relegated. Maybe Burnley a little because they have become a fixture in the past few years. Um, but by and large, they're a small club that has been punching above for a while. So, you know, eventually, like Stoke a few years ago, they kind of remind me of Stoke. They kind of came in the same time Stoke came out. So, you know, maybe Stoke will come back up eventually soon to, to rejoin them like the flip we've talked about in Norwich and Fulham. Uh, but with all due respect to those teams, no one expected, everyone would expect that it was possible for them to be around there. Who no one expected is Everton. Everton spend. Usually, you know, you read Soccernomics, the one thing that they drive home constantly is that the core the biggest correlation is uh, salary spend. Generally, the higher the salary spend, it cor- correlates with where you're going to finish in the table. Ever since that's not the case, they've got some really high pay players there. They just have an island of misfit toys and <laughs> it's not working and they're stuck yeah. on bad contracts. It's almost like an MLS story, right? Like the contracts don't work and True. now they're staring at it. They have not been relegated, Kevin, since 1951. That's what? 551. So that's a big story that they're down this low. I don't think they will get relegated, but you know, they're not out of the woods. 22 points. With 26 games played, they only have six wins, four draws, and 16 losses. Their differential is minus 19, having scored only 28 goals. This is a shadow, just a tad above one goal a game average. 47 goals against, though. That's where the minus 19 comes from. Four loss on the trot for Everton. And that's where it becomes complicated, but... It is murky waters in the middle of the Premier League because all the way to 10th, they could be even 9th, 36 points. There's, They're just a bad run away from being in trouble all the way to Aston Villa. And that's where you never know what can happen because 36, 35, 34, 33, 33 points. That's Aston Villa through Brighton, eight, uh, sorry, 9th to 13th. And that is a pretty dangerous position because Newcastle's going to go up. Leeds going to go up. Brantford might be just okay, but a few wins away if they continue their streak they're on right now. They're two straight wins. Brantford is literally having a bargain in Christian Eriksen, and that will make them even better, and we'll see them climb up that table. Someone's going to have to climb down, and Crystal Palace, Southampton, even Leicester are just a couple of defeats in a row away from becoming in the conversation of being in trouble. I'm not saying Leicester will go down, but they're not safe in a way that they're just one bad streak away from being eh, maybe 16th in the Premier League. Yeah, I think maybe what you're seeing with Leicester this year is that it's kind of the it's a bit of an echo generation in the sense that this is the last sort of gasp of some of those guys that were hanging around uh, when they won the, that dream title a few years ago now, 20 more than a few years ago. It's 2016, right? I think 2016. It, anyway, it I'd have to check it for sure. But um, yeah, so that's a while ago now. And so the, most of those guys that moved on, the ones that ha- are still there are not at the same level. Jim Vardy would be the most obvious example of that. Um, Schmeichel as well was there too. So, so both those guys are a little bit on now, so they're not quite at the same level. But also they they had European football this year. Not the level that anyone was really thinking about, but they did play in Europe. And maybe that was just a step too far for that roster. And I, it is interesting to me that when you look at the top eight, which goes all the way to Spurs right now, and then there is that gap to nine, that is, those eight's the European spots. And those teams above them, with the exception of West Ham, have all been 
in and West Ham's in Europe this year, but have all been in Europe recently. So there's more money going into those coffers. And that's always when you look at these leagues and you look at the divide between top to bottom, those extra European spots and the money that goes into getting into the Champions League, getting into the Europa League, that really makes such a big deal. And and you notice those gaps starting to form that like, it's almost like there's two leagues this year. That really is like they used to joke. They joke in the Guardian football uh, weekly podcast about having the Everton Cup, which normally because Everton was the team that finished just out of Europe. It's mean, you might as well give a trophy now. So that would be a right this year. It'd be the Villa Cup. So there you go. Yeah. And uh, we'll see if that sticks. But Watford, Burnley, and Norwich, for now in trouble, Everton literally on the cusp of being in trouble. The only reason they are there is the uh, differential, and also they have games in hands. Three games in hand, of course, versus Watford, and two with Burnley. Let's move, and let's take the, let's do like Chelsea, Dwayne, and take the bus to France, okay? So we're going to take the bus, and we're going to go through the channel, like the tunnel, and uh, okay. then, uh, and go to France, and talk about Ligue 1. And the relegation battle in league are three teams in the relegation zone as we speak. One will go in the relegation playoffs with teams from League 2. And that is Saint-Étienne right now, who are 18th in Ligue 1. 19th is FC Metz. And Girondin de Bordeaux, 20th, dead last in Ligue 1. They have 22 points. They're only one point behind Metz. And Saint-Étienne is... 26 points, three points ahead of Metz. That's your relegation battle in France. FC Lorient, 27 points. They are 17th. And Clermont Foot, 28 points. And they are 16th. Are not out of the battle. Same for Troy. FC Troy is 28 points also and is 15th. Those teams are in the relegation zone. Conversation. But Angers... The small club that could is saying, wait a minute, hold my servoise, hold my beer. We lost five in a row and we are also becoming part of that conversation. <laughs> yeah, for fair enough. Yeah. Um, the big story with the bottom three, of course, France, just if you don't know, it, it is a league that has a, a, a relegation playoff game. So this is it's in Germany as well. So the bottom two will go down automatically and then that third from bottom will play the third from top in the other division, in the second division, in Ligue 2, uh, to, to see who, who stays in. And right now, that'd be Saint-Étienne, which, that's a big story if they were to go down. That's a very historic team, as is Bordeaux. Uh, Bordeaux, of course, one of the the bigger cities in France as yeah. well. That would be a, a very significant story if, if Etienne and, and Bordeaux were to go down because they're two historic teams. Uh, Bordeaux has been, they've been in financial difficulty for a while now. Uh, this has been on the precipice of a disaster for quite some time. And, and, you know, there are some thoughts that, well, there's two thoughts, two school thoughts, whenever a, a team that has historic ties like Bordeaux does and has su- historic success like Bordeaux does is on the cusp of going down when they've had financial difficulties. There's one camp will think maybe it's, you know, a great reset would be okay. You go down, you settle your finances out, you're able to not have to, you know, there's no championship aspirations there. You know what you are. You're just down there to try and get back your glory. And then there's the other camp, which goes, well, if you fall down there, sometimes that holds. It's just deeper than you think, right? And you just keep on falling. Sometimes you never come back. Of- yeah, sometimes you just never come back, and then you could just disappear. Uh, we're talking about a club that is more than 100 years old in the Girondin Bordeaux, and hopefully uh, they can turn things around, which the hole is not that big right now, and there's still six games to play. Uh, no, there's still 10 games to play in the regular season. 
in the regular season. Like there's anything else than the regular season. Let's face it. Here. And we're talking about it's Tuesday. Talking about European football. There ain't yeah. no playoffs except relegation playoffs. Well, yeah, or in Belgium and or <laughs> there's playoffs in Belgium. Or or of. oh exactly. You're right. There there is yeah. some. Yeah, that, that's it. for the playoff truthers out there, the playoff haters out there, there are playoffs outside of North America. You know, they, they just take different forms. I love the Belgian. I love, and they do that in Korea too, where they cut the season in half and then the top half plays each other again. I think that's kind of a perfect kind of combination. I think MLS should do that, but that's just true. Sure. And then half your team don't, don't doesn't play for a while. Well, yeah, that, that's that's the problem in MLS because they'd have to have a relegation part of that, and that's a conversation <laughs> that I'm not going to have today. No, it's you know it's funny. I've muted that conversation on social media so long ago that I forgot that it existed. Yeah, it's uh, it yeah, it flares up every so often because people become convinced that it's the solution to all their problems. It's kind of, um, yeah, pro rel real quickly. Pro rel in, in North America, it reminds me of like you get something in your head that if the, you get a perfect job or a perfect girlfriend, boyfriend, whatever, that yeah, your whole world's going to change and you're going to get so much better. You get into yeah. the right school. And then it's never it. quite that simple, no, right? I, That's I, Yeah. And then you get it. Like, oh, if I win the lottery, everything's going to be better. Then you yeah. win the lottery and it's not better. I've seen it happen. Of course, things are... It's always more comfortable to cry in a mansion than to cry in the streets. But, you know, that's yeah, you're still crying. Yeah. All right, <laughs> let's move to... A couple of teams that are crying in Spanish. I don't know how you say that, but they are crying in La Liga because three teams are looking at the relegation precipice. And I don't think there's any going back for Levante. Levante, they're going down. And Levante has only 19 points after 28 games. Three wins, 15 losses, 10 draws. For Levante, FC Levante is going down, Dwayne. Yeah, it's, uh, it seems that way. And and of the teams around the bottom, the it, you know they they have a bit of a history, but it, it's, the league's relegation has never really grabbed me in the same way as other relegation fights sometimes do, because it's rare that you have a, a really big team go down. Um, yeah, La, La Corona went down a few years ago, but they weren't really a big team so much as a team that punched above their weight for a while and then kind of the money ran out. So you don't kind of get that down there. But yeah, it, it certainly does seem like Levante is is, is doomed right now. That you know, When you're more than four points, you never want to get more than one game adrift to the team above you, right? Yeah. That That's kind of when you're especially to like run just to catch up, to sort of try to catch up. It's, it's never great. <laughs> it's like a, a dog running after its tail. But no, there, there's six points. There are five points behind Granada, who's clear of relegation zone right now in 17th spot. Alaves is 19th and Cadiz is 18. It could change. Cadiz has four wins, 12 draws, 12 losses. Alaves has struggled. They have five wins, though, but they also have 16 losses. They've lost close games and weren't able to get draws when they could when you lose one nothing and you don't save draw, you, when you rescue a few points during the season, it makes a big difference. That's the difference between Cadiz and Alavez. And Cadiz find themselves just one point away from safety or relative safety for now. Mallorca is 16, but Mallorca have lost their five latest games. They are trending downwards. And if we look closer at the metrics, they have a minus 22 differential. They've scored only 26 goals, which is 
in the last percentile of La Liga right now and also conceded 48, which is the second most in the entire league. I wouldn't be surprised to see Cadiz move out of the relegation zone, Granada stay where they are, and Mallorca over the next few weeks go down to 18th and be in the relegation zone. Yeah, certainly that's the other team you look in there in terms of form. I mean, Veliciano is, is not doing very well either right now in terms of form, but they're probably safe with 32 points. Um, the thing about La Liga is the top half of the table is considerably better than the bottom half of the table, so you can't see those teams at the very bottom getting very many wins. And in fact, even like some of those teams that have been struggling a little bit earlier are kind of picking it up again. We're not really here to talk about the top half of the table today, but, but Barca has actually passed Atleti this week, or a couple weeks ago now, actually. Uh, they're heading goal depth, which, you know, no one's really paying much attention to that. And certainly the title race is pretty much over in, in La Liga. So, so but the, re- the reality is that there's not going to be a lot of upsets. There typically isn't. And, yeah, I, I think you're, you're probably looking at the teams that are likely going to go down within what we've mentioned already. I agree, and I believe so that... And we're not going to dwell on La Liga, but we'll come back in a second and talk about the Bundesliga and the Serie A. We'll look at the latest or the last two teams and leagues in the Power Five in Europe and more after this short break right here on Soccer Today. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You are listening to Soccer Today. Follow us on Twitter at Soccer Today SPN and like our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash sports podcasting network. You can find the podcast version of all the shows we do on iTunes, Apple Podcast, Google Play Store, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, and anywhere you get your podcast. Guten Tag! It means have a good day in German, right? Because right now, it's time to talk about the Bundesliga. Grander Fucht are 18th. And they're looking at the bottom. And the bottom is really saying, hello? Are you the one I'm looking for? Because you got 14 points after 26 games. And you're looking and pretty much almost guaranteed to be relegated in the Bundesliga 2 in a few weeks. Yeah, hundred uh, percent. Well, they're gone. I mean, that's that's they're, they're they got a win in the last five, but that's that's neither here nor there. They're, well, they're, they're uh, gone. even the even the broken clock is right twice a day. That's why they got a win. But they got three wins in twenty six games. E- yeah, that's about the same average and the same percentage of win as a broken clock. Yeah, look, the the Bundesliga because of the nature of the ownership structure, in my opinion, anyway, I think it's this. It, some of these classic teams uh, have struggled in recent years because uh, there's some great theory out there. There's some great podcasts out there that are going to speak this much better than I. So I recommend you seek this out if this is of interest to you. But there are a lot of historic teams in Germany that are really struggling. In fact, if you go to the B2 table, which I pulled up in the break, I know you don't have it in front of you, Kevin, but you have Bremer and Schalke 
in the rel in the promotion kind of conversation, but they're even not at the very top of that. Uh, Darmstadt is the the top team right now in St. Pauli. Everyone's you know favorite hippies are in second. They go up and down occasionally. <laughs> um, <laughs> if you know a St. Pauli fan, he's told you. So there you go. But anyway, the point is that you have two. Are you saying a St. Pauli fan is the vegan? <laughs> he's the yeah, vegans of the soccer world. It, precisely, yes. Uh, but Werder Bremen and, and <laughs> FC Schalke are like two of the biggest and most historic and successful teams in Germany, and they're in the B2 right now, right? So this is absolutely – it's possible to go down there and stay down there and not even go up right away. Schalke is the second largest membership club in Germany behind Bayern Munich. They are fifth in the, the B2 right now. So when you look at – and this is all set up for me to talk about Hertha Berlin – which is absolutely a mess and has been for a couple of years right now and, and are very much in trouble at 23 points in right now in the automatic relegation spot. Uh, this is Germany is another league that has the play yeah. uh, the playoff relegation game. So uh, Sukar is in that spot right now. Yeah, that this is a story and it's a story of why these historic teams struggle. Sometimes they fall down the table and they get lost. And there That's are true. a lot of German teams that were very successful eventually or in the past that are no longer anywhere to be seen. Um, if you watch some of those, some of that uh, material that's out there talking about that, you can get a little more information on that. And part of that had to do with the, you know, the nineties when East Germany was emerged and we came in, most of the East German teams that were successful are gone. Basically. I mean, uh, union Berlin, union Berlin is, is one of the rare exceptions that kind of fought through it, but even they spent years and years and years below before they finally got promoted a couple of years ago. So yeah, it, it's an interesting thing. Like everyone holds Germany up as this great beacon of, of 50 plus one, you know, fan ownership and all that sort of stuff. And there are great things about that. Yeah, but I do think they never win. No. <laughs> Yeah, there's weaknesses to the system too, and like that's you know, Bayern Munich seven points adrift are at the top of the table right now, and they're not even playing that well. They lost yeah. four games this year and drew three. And that is a topic of conversation, of course. Uh, wishing Alfonso Davies the best. Still a few weeks away from being back into the fold, and hopefully everything goes well there. But you're right, and there's teams like. Augsburg and Armenia Bielefeld that are not out of the woods yet. Augsburg? Yes, that rings a bell if you're a fan of North American soccer. That's where Ricardo Pepe is playing now. And that's quite a gamble from Ricardo Pepe's side. I never fully understood that move. And we'll see if he's the answer. So far, since he joined, they have some result. They've won two games of the last five with two losses and one draw. They have six wins, 11 losses, and eight draws. They are minus 14, though, in their differential. 27 games, uh, 27 goals scored, 41 goals given. Augsburg is just three points clear of Stuttgart. Augsburg could be in a relegation playoffs. It's not over, and it's not safety yet for Ricardo Pepe. No, 100%. And, you know, I, there's one argument that playing in a relegation battle can toughen you up a little bit, but... Uh, the U.S. wants to make sure that their players are, are getting consistent minutes right there at that particular position. That's their that's their Achilles heel of the U.S. for sure in qualifying, although they're safe, guys. That they're going to yeah. be qualified by game two of this cycle. <laughs> I, um, I agree. Uh, qu just wanna, quickly, sorry, just, uh, I, I don't know if you're aware, but a quick update on, on Alfonso Davies. He did actually uh, train for the first time uh, on his own, but he trained for the first time uh, two days ago. So that that is some good news there. I don't. I'm pretty sure he's not going to be available for Canada's World Cup qualifying. Yeah, no, but. and we don't necessarily need him either, which is great. We saw that in the last cycle, which is also something good because as much as it's fun to play with that type of player, 
the rest of the team will gain confidence. And when he's back, everyone is actually going to be a bit better because they played without him and played well without him. Let's speak of the team that could be in a relegation battle. And the Bundesliga is very tight at that position. Yes, Armenia and Augsburg have 25 and 26 points respectively. But Mönchengladbach is 13. They have 30 points. They have a four-point gap, but they're not out of the woods. And then it's really tight. Mainz, 34 points. They are 10th. Uh, VFL Bochum, I'm probably butchering that name and I apologize. They are 11th, 32 points. Wolfsburg, they are 12th with 31 points. It's very close in the tier just above relegation in the Bundesliga. I believe you said Bochum, like a French person, would be Bochum, I believe. But anyway, well, probably in that, uh, I have uh, no German background whatsoever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm going to guess you you put a French accent on that, which is fine. Um, yeah, no, look, the thing about Germany, it's a double-edged sword. Again, when you talk about the structures and the way that they've been set up, it does provide some competitive balance there outside of the top teams. So it can be exciting, but... It's also hopeless in some cases that you'll ever catch that gap. (laughs) It is a bit hopeless. All right, let's finish the show by talking about maybe the number five or number four league, depending on where we would classify La Liga at this point. But Serie A is an interesting battle for the relegation zone. Teams that have been popular, like Venezia FC, are right now 18th. Yes, that's where Gianluca Busio plays former standout of Sporting Kansas City, a couple other big names that were good in Major League Soccer of the last few years, or even internationally that are representing North America, are playing in Venezia FC, and they are in a relegation zone. They are 18th, 22 points. Genoa is 19th with 19 points. Uh, And Salernitana is 20th with 16 points. Cagliari, Sampdoria are just above the relegation zones. And Spezia, Udinese are a bit safer. It's not as close, but Cagliari, three points away from the relegation zone, yes. But not necessarily firing on all cylinders. And Venezia has one game in hand. Salernitana has two game in hand, but they have 16 points. And they are looking like a good candidate to be relegated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Giona is... Uh one that's going to interest some TFC fans out there. There's uh, only one win on the year. Uh, they're kind of in free fall and they're trying to sell all their players, including several that are linked to TFC. So, so there's a, a situation to watch if they do ever get officially uh, in that relegation a zone. A certain Crescito, if I'm not mistaken, plays for Genoa, correct? Yeah, and he had agreed in principle to come to TFC and then I think had a, a feeling of guilt or something to, that he wanted to stay to try and fight to yeah. keep him up. It's a, a guilt or menace from fans. I don't know which one. <laughs> what, what, what yeah. it could be called a guilt, yes. Yeah, although I do like their form right now. Draw, 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 draw. Hey, that's what uh, you need. If you, but they're still three points away from... Uh, sorry, they're still six points away from safety. Yeah, undefeated in five or winless in five. Depends on how you want to spin that. <laughs> um, that's the politician and now all of us that can decide how to do that. Yeah, exactly. Uh uh, Bologna, uh, they seem safe, so so good for Joey. Uh, yes. I, you know, uh, fr- my one of my good friends, Sonia Mizio, her uh, her team's Udinese, so I always keep an eye on them a little bit to make sure that, uh, that Sonia's not going to be very angry in the stance because she's scary when she's angry. Exactly. Love you, Sonia. She, she should she should be okay, and uh, <laughs> Empoli is also should be okay. It's literally 
I think only Cagliari and maybe Sampdoria, but even then, I think it's a done deal in oh, the city. Last thought, we, we mentioned TFC and uh, Lanks, uh, Bellotti. Uh, yeah, not coming to TFC, as I've reported several times, including on the show many times, uh, despite the reports of one very uh, aggressive reporter, we'll say. I'm just going to leave it at that. Bellotti, not coming to TFC, no, as we said. There no, exactly. And, but he, he will remain in Syria as well, Torino. Exactly. Well, what's fun, though, and what we should talk about in the next few weeks, maybe next Tuesday on Tuesdays After Europe, is the battle for the top of Serie A. Dwayne, AC Milan is top of Serie A, 63 points. They could win the Scudetto, the first one in over a decade for AC Milan. That could be very interesting. Napoli is second, Inter is third, and Juventus is fourth. That is very interesting. Inter, of course, won last year. Then before that, Juventus had won nine in a row. So this year, it's looking like a proper battle at the top of Syria. Going to party like it's 1999 if Milan wins. It's the, I, there's no club I associate more with the 1990s than, than AC Milan. Uh, Inter Milan, too, but AC Milan in particular, because that those great teams, and those are the first great teams that I can remember. Although, I, 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 like many people worldwide, and it has to do with Maradona, likely have a soft spot for Napoli. Also, the pizza is great, great pizza. Um, yeah. It does that. That's not breaking news, but anyway, it, it, it really is the best. Pizza's best simple, and I think most people will agree with that. Yeah, anyway. it's best when you have a very, very hot oven. That That's basically what, what Napoli is known for, and having oven that heats wood all the way to 900 degrees which is which is the key by the way you have to get to, to be able to say that you're serving um, napoleon uh, how do you say it's, well napoli pizza anyway you have to get an official yeah. approval from like the napoli pizza board there, there's only like yes. three in the city exactly toronto that have it there's a great one on lakeshore if you ever yeah they have to measure your oven and they have to look at like they literally have to measure everything it's very interesting but you're right and uh i want pizza now so maybe i'm gonna order some napolitano pizza for lunch yes yeah if you go down to, to lake or park lawn and lakeshore right there great place down there <laughs> little uh walk and got a little patio with 17 degrees on thursday highly recommended don't go charging in on amateur day and say you I bet you're glad you're not working this Thursday, Kevin, because you used to work in hospitality. Oh yeah, probably hated yeah, that day. Exactly. It's a, it's a, I guess it's St. Patrick's, but the, no, that's a, it's a different life. Yeah. So that's that. Maybe that'll be my. I'll treat myself to some some uh, Napoli pizza. Yeah, the, on, on this Saint Thursday Patrick's. I'm busy. It's March Madness, so I'm not I'm not go. working anywhere. Oh my God, March Madness starts too. It's going to be 17 degrees Celsius here in Toronto. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. The pandemic so. uh, restrictions are getting lifted, and yeah. uh, we have uh, St. Patrick's Day for the first time in two years. I think the city might burn down, Kevin. So uh, the city might burn Friday, down or, or just drown and just be drunk. The entire city will be drunk. And that was probably going to be the case around the world. Until then, of course, you can follow us on social media at 24th Minutes for Dwayne, at Kev Larman for myself. We'll be back tomorrow with a brand new edition of the World of Football with a Soccer Perspective as we break down the latest news in North American soccer. Tomorrow, you can find the podcast version of this show everywhere you find your podcast. Thank you for subscribing to our YouTube page at youtube.com slash sports podcasting network you can leave a comment in the comment section below and you can suggest topics for next tuesday for tuesdays are for europe but as always until next time for Dwayne rollins i'm kev larame have a great soccer you can find the podcast version of all the shows we do on itunes apple podcast google play store tune in radio iheart radio and anywhere you get your podcast
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18+. Plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.